It's the way. Yeah, it's the way. You ain't heard of us. Hey, Rams. Hey, hey welcome. Heard with us. If you look around for a word to trust, check the star seed journey. You can learn from us. Sex, sleep, drugs. What we gonna discuss? Whatever you need to be prosperous. Negativity superfluous. All we really want is for you to just be true to you and be who you are. Cause you are a star and you will go far. You can succeed at all of your dreams. You'll get your degree and all of those things. But you must take care of your health. Cherish yourself, your body, your mental, your grades, and your wealth. You can have fun and still be well. That's what we do here at the well. Let's do this. Let's do this. So, this is What the Well, and we are here today talking about relationships. My name is Kaylin Tingle. I work at the Wellness Resource Center as the Violence Prevention Health Educator. So, I work with students in educating our campus community around uh, prevention of different types of violence, sexual violence, intimate partner violence, stalking, hazing, hate and bias motivated violence. Um, and I love having conversations with students about how we can create a healthy campus community and healthy love among one another. I use the pronouns they or she, and I'll talk a little bit more about the well does after everybody else introduces themselves. Hi, my name is Tamika McCoy. I am the coordinator for the advocacy program. We are located inside of University Counseling on the second floor in the Commons. And what my department does, or my program does, is we provide supportive services for students who've experienced sexual assault, harassment, stalking, or intimate partner violence, also known as domestic violence. And so what we do with the supportive services, students come in, it, I give them their options. They have the option to report or not report. I am a confidential employee. And what that means is if a student comes in and tells me about an incident, and as long as that incident does not involve them hurting themselves or others, then I'm not obligated to report to anyone, not the police, not Title IX or anyone of that nature. And so I work very closely with Title IX. I also collaborate with the with the well on um, different um, programming and things like that but my main job is to make sure that our students are supported whether it is helping them with the title IX process the criminal justice process or referring them for services on or off campus and then I also have conversations with students as well about how to keep themselves safe and how to evaluate their relationships and to reduce uh, risk of any types of violent crimes such as of course IPV and sexual assault. Tamika, how can students get in touch with you if they want to make an appointment? Oh, absolutely. Well, there are two ways. You can actually email um, a confidential email at myoptions at vcu.edu. You can request an appointment or make a referral or what have you on there or initiate a conversation with me if it's something you just want to talk about over email. Also, you can reach me at University Counseling at 8 04-828-6200 and ask to speak to someone in advocacy and I'll be more than happy to speak with you and schedule an appointment with you. Okay, here we go. Hello, my name is Victor Bernal. I am part of the student staff here at VCU Wellness Resource Center. Here at VCU, I major in health, physical education, and exercise science. I'm very passionate about helping others improve their overall well-being. 
I love combining the things that I've learned in strength and conditioning and the health physical education field with all of the wonderful tools that I've learned in the field of mental health here at the Wellness Resource Center. Um, I love combining those two in the approach. I found that to be one of the most effective ways not only to help people, but to make friends and, and help yourself at the end of the day. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Malik Radford. I am also a student media specialist at The Well. I'm a senior studying communication arts, and I love helping bring others' ideas to life as well as, well as my own. Um, and with The Well, I post Stassi journals as well as create comics and illustrations for them to be featured in the stall seat as well. Um, the well has been a great opportunity for me to think creatively and intuitively in order to come up with content for students to enjoy while also bringing a positive message to light. So the Wellness Resource Center, a.k.a. The Well, uh, is a public health office in VCU's Division of Student Affairs. We do violence prevention, we do alcohol and other drug education, we do education and prevention around um, mental health and self-care and sleep and mindfulness. We have programs like Mindful Mondays that happen every Monday during the school year, 20-minute mindfulness, 20-minute mindfulness sessions, so stop by and see us for those, and I will talk about other programs that we have later in the program. So today we're here on What the Well to talk about relationships in honor of February, which some of us are focused on relationships in February. Some of those relationships might be our intimate relationships with our boos or our lovers or our friends. <laughs> or our spouses. Our spouses. For me, it's my cat. <laughs> Her name is Jojo. She's 19 years old, and she's my boo. Shout out to Jojo. Shout out to Jojo. Nice. Yeah, yes. Jojo, yeah. you listening? Yeah. So, in terms of relationships, what do you all think is important um, for VCU students to know, or what do you think our Ramley really wants to talk about or hear about on our podcast about relationships, guys? I think there's a ton of things out there that we can talk about. All right, <laughs> definitely. Like, um, like insecurity. Ooh. Yeah, communication is another thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Off rip. Yeah, and those go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel yeah. they they're, they tie closely together. Mm-hmm. How do you think, how do you guys, I'll tell you how what I think, but what do you guys think, um, how does insecurity, let's start with it, how does insecurity affect relationships? It creates like a sense of hostility and, I mean, being insecure is like another form of not being able to trust um something or someone uh, 100%. So, yeah, it's like that that sense of trust, definitely. Absolutely. And then also, um, it's stressful to be insecure because now you're in and you're living in anxiety and anxiety is rooted in fear. So you have all these things going on at the same time because of your insecurity. And most of the times when we bring our insecurities into a relationship, it can breathe so many other different things. So if I'm in a relationship with someone and I'm, I'm insecure thinking that 
they're going to leave me or they're going to cheat on me or that I'm not good enough for that person. Anything that they do, I'm going to look through the eyes of my insecurity and they can't do anything right. So if I if you can't do anything right in my eyes and I'm always insecure, that's going to lead to arguments. Arguments can sometimes just end up being an argument or it can go right into intimate partner violence or even domestic violence. So insecurity within itself is like a foundation to which a lot of other harmful things in relationships can be built on. And then that is going to make your relationship truly toxic. And people cannot survive in toxic relationships because what they do is toxin does not just stay, you know, like if you get bit by a snake, like the poison does not just stay in your arm, right? It goes to different parts of the body. It's going to go to your heart, your liver, your lungs. It's going to attack your nervous system and all those things. So toxic relationships attack every part of your life, school, family. Um, job, all of those things. So we have to look at the underlying factor when we're dealing with relationships. And like I said, insecurity is one of the big things. I love the picture you painted just now. Yeah, that was, wow. Venom in the blood circulating. Um, Going out into life, I feel like, are a lot of times we try to set ourselves up for win-win situations, right? Why wouldn't we want right, to set up right, right, right. ourselves to sure. win twice, right? Kill two birds with one stone if possible, right? right. When, um, when it comes to insecurities, I see that as a lose-lose situation okay. many times because you're right, anxiety does manifest itself deeply um, from insecurity. Um, the insecurity can consume you because... You may be um, very insecure to the point that you don't want to talk about it at all with your significant other, and that's going to influence your behavior around them. Now, they may become suspicious of what's going on with you, and that, that leads to the next thing, which leads to the next thing, which leads to the next thing. Also, you may want to talk about your insecurity, but you may have a very hard time doing it. You may not know how to go about doing that, and you, you can mess up. You can you can communicate some in a way that doesn't come off uh, with what you intend to communicate, and then that also can lead to um, weird behaviors from either you or your partner later down the road, just because y'all stuck thinking, well, what was that about, slope, right? And and then so how do you grow from that? Yeah. It can become very tricky. Mm-hmm. I think. I want to name that I think a lot of us have insecurities in different aspects Mm -hmm. of our life. Oh, absolutely. And so I think that it's normal to experience feeling insecure, um, but it's about recognizing when that starts to take over. And I think, Victor, you make an important point about communicating about our insecurities. Um, Acknowledging and recognizing that we all may struggle with insecurities at different times in our life gives us the space to be able to communicate those things with other folks. And so we can work through it together or if it's something that hinders that relationship or becomes or continues to fester, then we can uh, move on from that relationship if it starts to take over. Um, So I think, for for example, I think of the feeling of jealousy I think that the feeling of jealousy is a natural human um, 
experience that a lot of us can probably relate to feeling, whether it's in an intimate relationship or outside of an intimate relationship. Right. Maybe it's, um, you know, a competitive sport that we're playing and we feel jealous because we feel like somebody else is better than us or they're mm -hmm. getting more opportunities than us. I think we can all relate to having that feeling of jealousy. But when jealousy starts to slide into extreme jealousy or possessiveness, that's when it becomes a red flag for toxic behaviors in relationships. I also think that, again, giving space for ourselves to name that we all have these wide ranges of emotions, then we can, that can allow us to have the space to talk about those feelings as they come up um, and name hmm. if, ooh, yeah, that didn't feel good when um, you were talking to your ex the other day. I saw that happening. You know, I saw you talking to your ex the other day. And some jealousy came up for me. And that doesn't mean that that has to lead into an argument about that. But we can just give space for folks to feel that jealousy if they are. Um, but also acknowledge that there is a fine line between acknowledging our feelings and allowing those to fester and take over and using that as an excuse to maintain power and control in a relationship. Exactly. That's a good point. Hmm. And so a lot of times, too, um, when Kaylin was mentioning red flags, that is that is a huge red flag when, you know, these feelings of jealousy. And also when you were talking about the feelings, I also thought about how people who have those feelings um, of jealousy or of anger or whatever emotions that come up because we're emotional beings. And then when we don't address them and we don't. Um, talk to our partners, our spouses, our our significant others, lovers. Um, um, it's complicated people. All of them, <laughs> and whatever relationship that you're in, when you don't address what is wrong, if you leave things unsaid, that can lead to toxins in your relationship because it's not addressed. And what happens is it's like a pressure cooker. Everything goes into the pressure cooker and then all this pressure builds up. And if you've ever cooked with a pressure cooker before, you guys are probably too young. Your moms know what I'm talking about. Um, you too, Caitlin. Uh, oh, don't even. But in a, a pressure cooker, like, after so much pressure builds up, it can blow. The top can blow off, and then you have this blow up. And so, okay, I'm in a relationship with one of you guys, and all these things are happening. Everything's going to pressure cooking. And one day, you come in and say, hey, let's go get some Chinese food. And I just blow up because you know I don't eat Chinese food. But it's not because you say, hey, let's go get Chinese food. <laughs> It's because all of these things have just blown up and it's the first opportunity for disagreement that comes up. Boom. Mm -hmm. I explode all over you. And a lot of times in relationships, people don't realize that that's why. OK, why is she so mad? Because I told her that I, you know, I was a little late coming from the library or I didn't text her back within two hours or I didn't text him back or whatever. It's because a lot of times there's a lot of things that are built up, but because they didn't say anything, you didn't know you were wrong or you didn't you, you didn't see what the issue was. So when we leave things unsaid, that's a big red flag because that can cause us to have toxins come into our relationship. So in relationship, going back to what one of you guys stated, communication is very important. But sometimes it's hard to communicate because there are people in relationships that are not good communicators. 
They don't like communication. There are some people in relationships that don't like confrontation. So Yo. what they do is they get, oh, somebody, I see somebody Yo, giving me a high five over here. Uh, that's definitely me. And somebody, you get in these relationships and you don't communicate whether both of you guys have an issue with it or one is going to start to release some poison because we're not addressing what needs to be addressed. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about school. We can talk about what's going on down the street. But when the real issues come up, everybody's on hush mode. So that's hard to do. But in relationship, it takes work. And I think what lacks in a lot of relationships is that people don't want to put in the work. I heard you say, you know, everybody wants the win-win. Okay, but to put in, to get a win, we have to work. Like, I can't see some guy and be like, yeah, oh, I really want to date him. And we start dating and we get serious and that's it. I won. We're good. And when a problem comes up, I don't say anything or, or we're not communicating effectively because there's communication. Then there's effective communication. So if we're not communicating and we're not getting along. That win that I just got because that's the guy I really, really wanted to date. It's null and void because we have to communicate to keep the relationship going. Communication is what fuels and what drives the relationship. It is what, you know, moves it forward because the relationship yes. should never be stagnant. They should always evolve. We can also find those spaces. I think it's important to find those spaces outside of our relationship that we have safe spaces to communicate Absolutely. about what's coming up for us. Yeah. Too. That is so good. It might not be necessary for us to hash that out with our partner or partners Every single time we have one of those feelings come up, sometimes it can be and feel safer and more appropriate to process that with somebody else first and then maybe bring it back to our partners um, or to just find that safe space that's like, for me, it's therapy. I go to my therapist and I talk about some of those things that I might not feel safe talking about with people in my everyday life. Just, I have a question for you. So yeah. do you feel as though, so if you, if the person goes to the safe space, um, whether it's therapy, because there's nothing wrong with therapy, um, therapy or another person or whatever, are you saying that at some point they can, they need to go back or at some point they can go back? Or are you saying that if they choose not to go back, um, I was just trying to get clarity on whether you feel as though um, the, the issue, say, for example, I'm dating this young man right here sitting next to me. Now, I'm old enough to be your mom's best friend. So <laughs> if I'm dating him and you're my safe place. OK, mm -hmm. Caitlin. So I come to you and say, you know what? He is like this, that and the third. And I, I didn't say anything to him, but I'm coming to you, blah, blah, blah. You help me kind of find some balance and mm -hmm. middle ground with that. Mm -hmm. So are you saying that? I should never address that with him? No. Okay. I think it depends. I think that those safer spaces allow us to maybe process th through those things so I believe that, that we yeah. can communicate more effectively mm -hmm. in our relationships. And there might be times that, for example, let's say I'm dating somebody and I get triggered by something that they do. Okay. I bring that to my therapist and I work through whatever trauma is coming up for me. And maybe I decide that that's necessary to share with my partner so that they have that information for the future, um, that this was a trigger for me and that here's how I've worked out, worked through it. And it could be a situation that maybe I decide, hey, that was all about me. And I maybe I come back to my partner and say that, hey, you know, that feeling that came up when we had that argument the other day or when you said this thing, mm -hmm. I just wanted to let you know I processed through that with my therapist. That's about me. 
Um, we can move forward from that. I apologize, you know, or just naming that those those feelings came up. So I think it depends. I think ultimately, to me, ultimately, like you said, Tamika, mm-hmm. the goal is always to have healthy and effective communication because I think that that is the basis and foundation totally. for I healthy relationships agree. across the board. Whether I it's totally somebody agree. that we're dating, mm-hmm. somebody we're hooking up with, um, our family members, my cat. Any of those folks, Jojo, Jojo, Definitely. shout out to Jojo, um, guys. Let me ask you a question because I, I'm, I'm always interested in hearing how men feel. What are your zero tolerances like? What are you not gonna tolerate in a relationship? That's a great question. <laughs> that is a really good because question. Or do you have any? <laughs> that and and, that, and so my answer is a little bit of a complicated one. Okay, just because. I'll be honest. I'm honest. I try to be honest with myself as much as I can. And so I know I know that I'm very young and I I would be foolish to think that I I know everything that I'm looking for Mm -hmm. right now. So I accept that I'm still trying to figure out what it what it is exactly that I'm looking for all the time. Um, And so with that being said, my approach is very open minded these days. Um, And so I'm just trying to respect myself and love myself as I get into um, situations with others. Um, because, like I said, I don't, I, I don't know everything that I'm looking for, but I know that I do want to find out. So I'm not going to say that I have a zero tolerance okay. policy for anything in particular, but um, if it's violating the self-respect and the self-love that I have, I think that's good grounds to to call that a zero, uh, you know, whatever the behavior may be, um, for that to be a zero tolerance behavior. I love that. That's yeah. a great answer. If it takes your self-respect and takes your self-love, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess kind of, kind of piggybacking, uh, kind of piggybacking off of what Victor was saying. Um, dang, that was a really good. Uh, <laughs> like, um, yeah, I guess. I mean, anything to kind of take me out of character. Like, uh, okay. I like to say I'm a pretty. I'm a pretty chill dude, um, nonchalant in like a positive and I guess negative sense, depending on how you look at it. But um, I don't know. I I try not to stress out over a lot of things. So I guess any I don't know any anything where I have to like second guess if I'm like chilling or not. Like wait, I don't know. I guess if something. If there's something that makes me feel off, um, then I guess that's definitely, like, I mean, I'll tolerate it, but that's when communication comes in. Absolutely. Um, and effective communication, because mm-hmm. there have been times where I would try to bring up something that I wasn't okay with, but I wouldn't, it's like I wouldn't address it. I would ask them, like, is there anything you want to talk about when they're probably, like, no, but it sounds like there's something you want to talk about. And I never, like, I never bring it up myself. I'd rather, like, ask them how they're feeling about everything. And then I try to, like, like fit in what my concern mm-hmm. is. Um, but, no, oh, dang. That was still a good answer, though. I think you guys are, like, yeah. both of you are on the, the same track. And I wanted to hear... How, because your age group as well, um, you're up and coming, you're, you know, you're about to leave college and basically start your life. So it's good that you guys have a sense of the thing, you know, 
some of the things that may, you know, take you out of your safe place or um, that would, you know, um, you know, mess with your self-esteem or your self-love. When I ask this question a lot of times to people, especially women, the number one thing I hear is violence. Mm. Um, they say that uh, violence is a zero tolerance for them. Um, the list can be big. The list can be small. It just depends on the person. So I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful that you guys are able to, you know, provide me with such a, a good, broad view of what you feel like those things are. Caitlin, what do you think some zero tolerances would be in a relationship? Well, I love that you brought up violence being zero tolerance for some folks. And I think um, what I would want... Um, what I would want for our whole family is recognizing that we each deserve healthy relationships free from violence. Um, and violence looks a lot of different ways. And so a lot of times people think of violence as just the physical aspects of violence. And that happens in some of our relationships sometimes. And those are times that hopefully we can seek out support, like resources on campus, like Tamika and advocacy services, um, or off-campus resources, or check in with a friend or a, a therapist or a parent or somebody that right. we feel safe with right. to reach out to um, if that's something that we're experiencing in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the way that violence plays out in relationships is much more complicated and complex than that. Um, <clears throat> so if we think of violence as being acts and behaviors that are about maintaining power and control, we come back to that extreme jealousy and possessiveness, isolating somebody from their support networks, um, intimidating them threatening to spread rumors about them or out them um, in some way, shape, or form, like, for example, outing them if they are queer or trans or even outing them if they have some sort of religious or faith-based background or cultural background where perhaps it's not appropriate for or acceptable for them to be engaging in sex, and they might be doing that with their partner. Um, so we can out, folks can out each other in a lot of ways and use that as a way to maintain power and control of I'm going to threaten to share this piece of information about you that maybe some people in your life don't know about. Um, <clears throat> and so all of those things, sexual violence, financial abuse, um, all these different ways that people can maintain power and control over somebody else, gaslighting is a, something that is coming up um, a lot in conversations I'm having with students these days. And so gaslighting, when I say that, it's a form of um, manipulation or emotional abuse in which one partner um, might make the other partner question their own reality. So if Tamika and I are dating and we have an argument, and then the next day Tamika comes back to me and she practices some of those healthy communication skills and she says, you know what, Kaylin, when we had that argument yesterday, it made me feel really small and I'm really upset about it, and I'd like for us to address it. And I say, Tamika, what argument? Right? And then Tamika starts to think, well, wait, we did have an argument yesterday, right? Or when I say, well, Tamika, you know, you're just being too sensitive. And so then Tamika starts to think that that was about her. She starts to actually question of, like, how that argument played out, and does she remember it correctly? Um, and starts to kind of maybe spin out in that and then starts to really second-guess herself. And that can really undermine our foundation of self-esteem if we're continuing to um, go through that cycle of, like, this is all my fault because my partner is telling me that I'm too sensitive or I'm too emotional 
or I can't even remember the, the conversations that we're having correctly. Um, so power and control plays out in relationships in a lot of different ways. So those would all be red flags um, to me for violence, um, which my hope is that our, our family can recognize that they deserve and are worth healthy relationships that are free from violence. Absolutely. One of my um, one of the things that I always um, tell my students and people that I mentor or, or coach, or you know, outside of this job, is that everybody deserves a healthy relationship. Everybody deserves to be safe in a relationship. And if you find yourself not being safe, uh, especially physically, but even emotionally, psychologically, if they are they have, if they are invading your psychological space with like what Kaylin was talking about, the gaslighting, that's invading my psychological space because now you're trying to to alter my reality. I know Kaylin and I had an argument, you know, in that scenario, but Kaylin's like, uh, no, we didn't. And then so the next argument, uh, no, we didn't. So she's invading my psychological space. She is pretty much breaking my mentality down to make me feel like, okay, then it just must be me. And that is the um, um, part of the co coercive control. Um, uh, I'm not going to say that was the word I was going to say was mandate, but well, well mandate for an, uh, an abuser, an abusive person will use any and everything to try to control you. It, even it, like she said, going as far as making you think that arguments or their were, were your fault and also making you feel as though their actions are your fault. And this is a huge red flag. I want um, people out there to understand anytime you find yourself justifying the negative reactions or the um, no, anytime you find yourself justifying uh, the person that the, the maltreatment of uh, the person that has maltreated you and justifying their actions of maltreatment towards you. I think that's what I want to say. It just sounds really good, but y'all know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, anytime you justify their, you know, negative actions towards you, you find yourself justifying it over and over again. That is a red flag with an unhealthy relationship. So um, I, I, I have a husband been married three years. And so if I find myself, um, Every time he mistreats me or if he curses me out or if he hits me or if he, um, you know, calls me out of my name or um, gaslights me or whatever. And I find myself making excuses for his maltreatment of me. I have just I am now in an unhealthy relationship because when you find yourself in that space, that's a big red flag. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't see that. And sometimes survivors of domestic violence, they will, that is a, to be honest, a coping mechanism for them because they would rather justify it than face the fact that this person is just being abusive towards me and there's no good reason for it. Guys, what do you think about that? Um, so that ties perfectly with insecurity, Absolutely. right? Because that would Absolutely. be the re that would be the reason why you are going to accept that behavior rather, rather than than mm -hmm. see it as a turning point for yourself, right? Is because you're insecure about what's going to happen next. So you're gonna you're gonna stay right there, um, for better or for worse, and you 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 end up stuck, and that, and then that's for worse. You're and you're so correct. And it becomes like a vicious cycle, right? Yeah, right? And so, mm -hmm. yes, the 
abuse, the power and control, the manipulation, mm -hmm. it feeds off of the insecurity and it continues to chip away at whatever self-esteem mm -hmm. I may have, um, if there is any. And then if I don't feel confident that I am worth healthy love, then that makes it that much harder for me to leave that situation. I want to point out, because you said something very important, about the vicious cycle, that's what really hurts you because we're talking about poisonous behavior, toxic behavior, and things like this, psychological aspects. It can be easy to confuse these things with abstract concepts, but the truth is that, yes, we're very emotional creatures. All of these things are by design. We have endocrine system, we have a hormone response, and all of this stress is a very natural part of our lives. We can't avoid it. It comes in and out. But if we don't address our ability to handle it, if we, if we don't get better at it, then we ultimately get, start, get caught in a stress cycle. And this is a real physiological response that is not only going to damage whatever relationships you have, but it's ultimately going to damage everything about you, your goals, what you want to do. Um, mind you, we're talking about a very large college student population. Yeah. It's a lot of ambition out here. And so, um, yeah, I really wanted to point that out because, like I said, that um, that can get blurred very often. People mm -hmm. want to say that things are just all in their head. And you may think, yes, they're all in your head because that's where your thoughts are, but it's also in your blood and it's circulating through your arteries and all of those things are causing damage, um, long-term damage that you, that it, it something, something simple or it, it may, it may not seem, it may not seem simple. It may seem very complicated in your head, but if you can, if you can find it to come to terms with these things, you, you can prevent a very destructive cycle that will lead, that will lead you potentially for years and years. Exactly. And I like what you said about you said, you know, come to terms with it. And that's what keeps us in the cycle is when we don't come to terms with the behaviors of the person or even our own behaviors in in in, 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 in willingly accepting these things. So when we do that, we continue in the cycle. But I like what you said, because once we realize it and just accept it, that, hey, this is. This is a cycle. This is unacceptable. Then you can find it easier for you to get the help that you need, whether right. it's you go to the well or whether you come to advocacy services or um, university counseling, YWCA, uh, wherever you need to go to um, get the help to kind to get you out of a toxic relationship. So I'm, I'm thankful that you said what you said. And then another thing I wanted to point out, you said about the physical, the physiological responses. Our bodies do respond to toxic relationships. A lot of times, like you said, oh, people say, oh, it's just all in my head. Well, no, you got people that when they break up or when they have an issue with their significant other, they can't get out of bed. They can't mm -hmm. focus. Mm -hmm. They can't study. They can't pass their test. They start cutting people off. They don't, you know, they don't want to do anything. I remember when I was in college and a friend of mine was in a very toxic relationship. And back then, we didn't know what toxic relationship were. We didn't know what to call it. We knew that he was mistreating her. We knew that he called her names, never put his hands on her. 
Um, but it still doesn't matter. It's, it still was toxic and mm-hmm. it still was abusive. And, you know, he would tell her, well, I usually don't date girls as ugly as you. Um, he would, you know, belittle her. He would isolate her, all of these things. And I remember when he he broke up with her. And um, I remember we were like 19, 18, 19 years old. We're going to her apartment. Now, we know she's inside the apartment. She wouldn't come. She did this for like two days. Wouldn't come to the door. She wouldn't answer the phone. I mean, she literally laid in bed, wouldn't go to class, anything. This is a biology major. Wanted to be, I think, a nurse or a doctor. And I remember I got so angry with her. Because I didn't realize, you know, the things that I know now. But I was so angry with her. I wrote, when I tell you I wrote this angry letter. How dare you allow him to da-da-da-da-da. And I'm your friend and blah, blah, blah. And I made it about me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, da, 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 you just, you, t- you know, you turn everybody away. It got her attention, but it was in the wrong way. Because I didn't realize that she was in a toxic cycle. And this cycle continued for years. Because she never looked at it as... Like, okay, this is abusive. She basically accepted this is just the way he is. And they went through that cycle for years. I'm talking years. All the way up to like 2008, 2009. And mind you, I was in college back in the dinosaur age in the 90s. <laughs> so that hit, that right there, if we don't recognize it for what it is, we can find ourselves in cycles or... Getting into, I may break up with you. Okay, Kaylin, we're done. Broke up with Kaylin. Now I'm in a relationship with somebody else. And now I get into that same cycle. Because that's what I'm used to. Tamika, knowing what you know now, how do you think maybe you would address that situation with your friend differently? Oh, my goodness. It would be totally different, Kaylin. Like, I would have, you know, I would have been there for her. My letter wouldn't have been that angry. It had been, It would have been like, you know, you're in a cycle, and I'm so sorry this is happening to you, and please tell me how I can help you. Even if you have to write a letter and put it on the outside of your door, and I'll come and get it, just tell me what I can do to help you. And then I will also be a support system to help her see that this is not good. This is not, you know, the place you want to be in and let her know that she deserved better. But I didn't. I made that all about me and that, you know, your relationship with him is ruining our friendship, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm 19 years old. I don't know any better. And so I'm grateful for programs like violence prevention and advocacy and things like that to bring these things to light to our students so they can understand when they when they are friends with someone or close to people who are in these toxic relationships, they can say, hey, you know, here's where you can go to get some help or learn how to be the support system rather than um, rather than um, somebody, uh, another person in their life who is rejecting them and, and, and pushing them away. You know, that's when you that's when they really need your support support the most is when they are in that vulnerable state with that person and and, and finding that right moment to say hey what well, just go talk to Kaylin or just go talk to Tamika or whatever so that they can give you some guidance Kaylin can talk to you about how to prevent the violence Tamika can help you if you want to make a report or um if there's some services that you think you need. So in that situation, I definitely would have pointed her to, you know, counseling or advocacy services, whatever was available on campus at that time. Friendly reminder that the well is not a confidential space. Absolutely and not. And so if you want to talk with somebody confidentially and figure out <clears throat> and figure out what your options are, 
going to counseling services or getting yourself checked out medically over at Student Health Services, going to talk to Tamika, confidential advocate, are really great options. And at the well, we can always point you in the right direction. Another thing that came up for me when you were talking, Tamika, mm-hmm. that I want to kind of put out to everybody, mm-hmm. and I know y'all got to roll out soon, so also if there's anything you like, you were like, I really wanted to talk about this. Is there anything with um, burning? I, I'll leave um, with some advice just to kind of tie a lot of the points that we made back together. Okay. Um, so going back to the basics of the physiological response, this is in place to help keep us alive. This is a survival mechanism that we have. And so to deal with this, we also have organs that filter these things out of, out of our blood so that we can be back to a, a pure state or a, a detoxified state right, where you're going to have better mental, uh, more clear mental thoughts, um, your mental health improves. Uh, overall, everything feels better because you remove the stress from your body. Um, the best way to do this is to improve circulation through breathing techniques, some mindfulness stuff. And so with that being said, if you find yourself in a sticky situation, I would I would suggest that you try these mindfulness and breathing techniques for yourself. See if you can identify what may be the problem in your relationship. If you feel that this is something that works very well for you, try to share it with your partner. If they have a hard time picking it up, they're not open to it, you should take that as a red flag that they're not in on the same page as you um, as far as trying to better their own mental health so that y'all can together better the relationship um, they might have a good intentions. You can help work with them on that. But if they clearly are just not interested in trying something new, um, especially something like this that is proven to work, the placebo effect is scientific evidence that your mind um, and your body is able to heal itself. So... um. I just want to put that out there, too, just so I'm not saying things without any kind of backing. This is this is true. And um, yeah, with that being said, this is simple. It's a simple approach to trying to fix problems that can be potentially very damaging down the road. So uh, you owe it to yourself to at least give it a try. And I'm just here to make sure that you at least know about these things. And you can't say that you never heard this suggestion at least once. <laughs> Absolutely. You have anything to add? Um, oof. It can be totally random. We can plug it in where it makes sense. Uh, life is all about experiences. Uh, instead of looking at every, I guess, bad relationship as a waste of time, Look at it as an experience and a lesson. Um, and I guess, like, sort of look at it. Uh, this is going to sound really weird. But, like, if you're, if you're able to get out and uh, overcome a toxic relationship or anything in that sort or any sort of situation that makes you uncomfortable, um, I don't know, kind of, I guess, be proud of yourself because it takes a lot of willpower and strength to be able to come to terms with something and overcome that challenge. Um, so, yeah, just look at – I try to look at everything as an experience and a learning opportunity um, because I'm, re- I'm understanding that 
growth is growth comes in so many different like ways. So I don't know. I try to look at the the bad things in life as learning opportunities and ways to grow as a person. Um, so yeah, experiences. I hope I was close enough. That's some good advice. Yeah. I like y'all, that. Y'all are brilliant. You guys are super <laughs> smart. And Thank insightful. You. And I appreciate so much. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. And if you want to do some healthy relationship programming, some bystander intervention programming, some violence 101 programming, if you want to host an escalation workshop, our awesome One Love, Team One Love escalation workshops, um, or any of the healthy love quickies, or what other programs do I have? Bystander intervention programs. You can reach out to me at Tingle, just like the word. It's my last name. T-I-N-G-L-E-K-M as in Michelle at bcu.edu. You can give me a call if you're down with that. I know not a lot of us like to use the phone these days, and that's 804-828-7695. This is Kaylin Tingle, Be well.